0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Good afternoon and I am Michelle Lichty. Welcome to our sermon discussion. I realized I just kind of went all over with that first sentence. What a great start.
1: (laughs) Hello, I'm trying to remember what I'm saying and who I am.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, I'm here today with David Henderson. Hello, David.
1: Hi, I'm (laughs) glad to be with you.
0: (laughs) Oh, we're glad that you're here. Welcome back stateside.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: And we are here today to discuss your sermon from this past Sunday, which really wasn't really a sermon. It was more of a sharing of your time in Europe. Um, You've visited several countries, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's see if I can get them. Uh, Poland, Romania, Italy, and Albania.
1: Right. And then passing through Hungary and Slovenia on the way between the first two and the last two. That's exactly right. But those are the four places we did ministry.
0: Great. And so um, I know that in Poland and in Albania, you are visiting mission partners, um, people who we as Covenant have sent, who had connections here, who we sent out to do ministry um, in that part of the world. So. Tell us a little bit more about that. Do you have any specific stories you can share about your time with, with either of them?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the first thing I would want to say is, I mean, I, there were so many things that struck me on this trip. One of them was what an amazing church covenant is. Mm. Uh, it It is that our church family is so generous towards God's purposes around the world. And I was just struck by that again, when I was getting to go and represent covenant and be part of some of these things, be part of kind of the investment. Um, And, and I love that it is this, and I mentioned this in the, in the conversation I had with the church on Sunday, I love that we are kingdom minded and not church minded, that we're not Mm -hmm. asking the question, what are we going to get back from this? What's the, Mm -hmm. what's our return on this investment? No, it's, we're asking what's God's what's God's return. What, how will this uh, benefit what he's doing in the world without thought of how that might return to us? And mm. the gift that that gives to those we send and support is amazing because we give without tying hands and we give without adding this burden of pressure, uh, you know, kind of, we need these miraculous results instantly, which a lot of people on the mission field feel. So mm. I, I, I was just struck, um, by the gift that covenant is, and then going and, you know, being with these two families that covenant has sent out, but then also, uh, and they're amazing families and doing such faithful ministry, but then meeting new partners, being with old partners. uh, We, we have an incredible network of people that we partner with and people who are so full of faith and so Mm. faithful and so sacrificial in the ways that they serve. You know, it really feels for our partners when I go on a trip like this, like, we are going. You know, like it's all of us as a covenant family. It gets mm-hmm. communicated so often, and people will always refer to me in the plural. You know, thank you all for coming, not just thank you, David, for coming. And and that's that's my sense of how I go, and and their sense of how I arrive. Um, so the the two families, uh, Brian and Candice, uh, who I enjoyed having a chance to be with in Krakow, and Paige and Stephen. Uh, who I enjoy being with in, in Tirana and Albania, um, those, uh, and they're, they're, they each have three kids and, um, and uh, wow, what a beautiful picture of, of openness to the disruptive loving purposes of God. Hmm. I, I think it, you know, as Americans, especially, we just have this kind of grid uh, that we're, We start filling in from the time we get in middle school or something of kind of the the checklist of all the having arrived American dream kinds of ways of thinking about life. Just these assumptions of I'm going to own a home and I'm going to I'm going to live near my family and my school system is going to be one I'm delighted. I'm going to have great medical care and, you know, all all that stuff. And I just see these uh, beautiful families doing such faithful and humble ministry and those things None of those things being given and
0: mm.
1: and they are serving with such faithfulness and joy and uh, it's very encouraging to be with them mm. yeah, so uh um one story that that just pops into my mind, and I mentioned this on sunday, but it, it was a picture actually the one that I didn't mention um we were with Paige and Stephen and Tirana and walking from the hotel I was staying in, which is right near where they lived, to the space, which is this space they've rented in Student City, uh, mm-hmm. in the center of this capital of Albania, uh, right next to the university. And um, they, uh, we were walking along and, and two Albanian women were sitting in their backyard and they recognized Stephen and Paige and jumped up and full of joy and gratitude asked how they were. And, you know, I'm watching this conversation happening in Albanian of which I know only two words and I mangle those two words. Um, <laughs> and uh, seeing that their investment in knowing the language and the building relationship and, um, and a beautiful picture of just, we're living life here for four years. And uh, I don't even remember how they got to know those women. I think they used to live a little closer to them and got to know them and, um, uh, the fun picture of living a life of love wherever mm. we're them um another story that just comes to mind uh that i didn't get a chance to mention on sunday is uh the in in albania they've had a very very challenging uh kind of fraught history related to uh different religions and the clash between religions mm. and then atheism becoming the official kind of uh state position and, and all that but um Stephen told me that they opened this the space and then the police showed up and said, you're going to have to close this. And they said, oh. what, what, why, why do we need to close it? And uh, they said, you, you need to close it. It's got to close the doors. I'm going to have to move out in a month or something. And so Stephen just very graciously, those of you who know Stephen, you know, he's just a, such a kind and gentle soul guy. He just said, so I'm, I'm just curious if you could, Tell me, what is the law that we're breaking that um, that you would like us to kind of abide by? And they never answered that question. So Stephen went to the police station and he talked with them and could tell me again what the law is. And they kept sidestepping that. And then finally, uh, somehow, I don't even remember how it came about, the, the head of police in the country got involved in this conversation and some other really high official got involved and Steven got a chance to just sit very graciously and say, you know, we, we really want to honor the country we're living in and we want to honor the government. And that's part of our conviction, but we're just confused and curious because we are not clear what the law is. And then finally this head of police said, okay, um, I just need to be honest. There is no law that you're breaking. Um, there was a, uh, fairly radical Muslim group that uh, rented space right near where your space is now. And we felt like just for the security of that area, we needed to kick them out. And then uh, there was a uh, Catholic group that wanted to come in right on the heels of that. And we thought, well, we needed to be fair in our treatment. So we felt like the only fair treat way we could treat them is to kick them out, too. And now you're coming along as Protestants, and we feel like we need to kick you out, too. and and. Um, and oh my Stephen said, you know, I just, I know, and, and Stephen said, well, I just, you know, I appreciate so much your honesty where, you know, our heart is just create a place of openness and gathering. There's, we don't have any kind of radical agenda and you're, you're welcome anytime to come be part of what we're doing in the space. It's open to anyone. And, um, and he said, we're sorry, we just have to abide by this. And so the, the day came and they were packing up. It was the next day they had to move out. And Stephen, uh, just had a sense that the Lord was saying, try one more time it's like well i've had like eight conversations i've gotten nowhere i've heard the same answer every time and yeah. and he just felt like god put it on his heart to try one more time and and he so he called up this guy who's the head of the head of the head of a and uh, and said so um can i just explore this one more time and the guy said you know what um actually we would be happy to have you have the use, use of that space uh we've changed our minds you're welcome to just stay there um so it's just a picture of um wow you know how discouraging that was originally uh but you know trusting we're we're here because God called us here we believe that this is a vision that God has put on our heart to to have this neutral safe uh setting in which people can gather to talk about important things and to love each other and um and then just seeing how God opened the way for that to be possible
0: that's amazing
1: i know yeah it really is oh we, we forget yeah. that there are parts of the world that where things like that. That's how things work.
0: I it just brings to mind, um I was I was at book club last night and we were talking about control and then the role of like so where's the role of faithfulness and persistence hmm. versus trying to control the outcomes? And this is such a beautiful illustration of I have no control of the outcomes and I am following the Holy Spirit's prompting in graciously being faithful and persistent.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, I was so moved to watch the posture. Stephen somehow found that pinpoint balance. He was never pushy. It was never, you know, Jesus says to Peter, put away your sword. You know, we're not going to go duke it out with we're not going to go oh yeah well we're going to sue you or that's you know that's just there's no place for that in the kingdom of god and and he was so honoring and respectful uh and lovingly persistent and it's interesting one of the things that i learned was that the closer you get to the middle east the more they respect persistence so figuring out a way to be um to be um Humbly, lovingly, graciously, persistent, is a way of showing a, a sense of conviction that speaks sort of their love language as you get closer and closer to the Middle East, and and I think that was a little bit of what uh, got born out as well. They saw uh, his gentle strength and 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 steadiness of purpose, and I think that that was part of what won them over too.
0: Hmm. Oh, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. I'm sure you've got a thousand of them and we oh, don't man, have yeah. time for all of them, but let's talk a little bit about Romania and yes. what you were doing there and our partners in Romania. We have some, we've got a longstanding relationship yeah. with many people, several people in Romania. Right. And in fact, we have a team who left today to go. That's surf right. in Romania. They're,
1: and they're probably at the airport in Indy right now, getting ready to board yeah. the plane and yeah. uh, they're going to be going to uh, some of the places where I just was, which will be fun. In fact, I, created a, a photo scavenger hunt for them. I conspired together with Doru and he's going to have little prizes for each one who finds these uh, little uh, photo clues that I gave them. Um, I had fun doing that while I was there.
0: Of course, that was something you would
1: do. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, um, I, um, I alluded to this. I, I had a conversation shortly after I came out of seminary with a guy, uh, really amazing biblical studies scholar from Croatia who taught at Gordon Conwell and I told him, you know, I feel like I have this abundance of education. I love to learn. I love to teach it. Would there be a setting that you could envision where I could kind of go do some teaching overseas? And he said, there's definitely a need, but if you're going to do it just because that fulfills a need that you have to teach, don't go.
0: I mean, it's, mm. it's,
1: that's just really, um, that's not the way to go about this. You need to, you need to recognize. And I think I kind of alluded to this in the message that the importance of what you teach is going to be about this big and the importance of what you bring relationally is going to be about this big in terms of the long-term impact of it and and I took him at his word and really shifted the way I thought about that and just kind of laid that aside and waited until there was a right relationship foundation to begin to explore that and then that came about in conversation with our partners in Romania 15 or 18 years ago And Seminary in a Suitcase got formed as a result of those conversations of saying, you know, what, what is the thing that's going to strengthen the church most in Romania? Well, it's strengthening the leaders of the church. What, and that, what will help that is strengthening the pastors and the pastors. Many Mm -hmm. of them work one or two jobs and they're riding bikes or motorbikes to get to these churches they're trying to lead, two or three churches they're trying to lead. And that's all, you know, the, the, They have so little opportunity to do theological education. So Seminary Suitcase was really designed to do some practical teaching in the areas of biblical studies, theology, leadership, evangelism, church life, Mm. and uh, as they saw a need for. So I would let them set the agenda. Hey, could you come and teach on this? And then I would teach. uh, And my encouraging them and cheering them on was as important Mm -hmm. as anything that I taught them. It's just really there to Try to encourage them. And tell you these, um, some of the people that I got to know have gotten to know are just heroes for me. They're um Mm. they're people who are living out these lives of quiet faithfulness and in incredible humility, incredible faithfulness in some really hard situations. Yeah. Such beauty. One of the guys who wasn't able to be there. Um, I remember him coming year after year to seminary in a suitcase and being so discouraged. He lived in a a place that was um I think very spiritually oppressed. It was uh, Mm. where there was virtually no response to his ministry. He and his wife so faithfully Mm. served and, and they, they, um, held their church services in their home and, and four people would come for years. Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I remember a couple of years ago, the last time I was there before this one, um, I saw him and I just asked as I have each year, how how are you doing? How are you seeing the Lord working? And his face just lit up and he said, I don't know why, but all of a sudden the church has just burst into life. And it's gr- gotten so big that I had to tear down, I had to cut a hole in my wall in my living room. So people sitting in, in my kitchen could also be part of the discussion. I just cut a hole there so that we could do it together. It's like, I mean, I love that picture of just kind of radical sacrifice and of courseness of that. Um, uh, you know, that, um, yeah, steady, faithful ministry from people that whose names we'll never hear of, um, mm-hmm. but who are some of those going to be front row seat people when we all go to be with the Lord, you know, the uh, people who've so faithfully and sacrificially served. Yeah. So I got to do that yeah. in Romania and see a number of people that I've seen for 10 different times or so that I've gone to do seminary in a suitcase and become really dear. And then, uh, got to go to Italy, uh, to a place where I'd heard about these people, but had never had a chance to meet them Hmm. and to finally have a chance to, um, to make those friendships and to meet brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world. Such a privilege.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, um, I was just, I'm so engrossed in the stories that I haven't looked at my notes at all.
1: That's fine. Actually, let me just share one thought related to seminary suitcase while you're looking. Okay. at
0: Okay. Yes, um, please.
1: So just, um, I mean, and I alluded to this on Sunday also, but we, we have been, we have felt called by God to really lean into figuring out what it means to live a life of love as a church. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, we've all had the sense of that being something that God was doing right here in our midst with us. And for us, it's like, this is, this is my call on covenant and i i ended up uh taking some of the teaching i've done about learning to live a life of love and how love is supposed to be according to jesus in john 13:35 the distinctive mark of followers of jesus in this world right um, i i structured seminary suitcase around that this year and i tell you michelle it it was like every place i went you could tell this wasn't just like Oh, that's what God's doing in your church. That's interesting. Well, over here we're doing that. It it was a sense of profound consonance with what God by his spirit is doing in other parts of the world. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, what was the distinctive of the early church that set them apart as a band of, of nobodies in a world of all kinds of religious options, just exactly where we find ourselves today with, with no power and no relevance, no popularity in our culture. What is the thing we have to offer the church? It's the love of God made known through Christ. And um, so I. it was uh, such a privilege to watch these men and women grappling with the same stuff that God has invited us to be grappling with. And to see them taking it so much to heart. I was just watching this group of Bereans in front of me. Receiving mm. with great eagerness what I taught them, as Paul describes the Bereans in Acts sixteen, right. and then running home and checking the scriptures to see if what was taught was true, and mm. um, yeah, so was, that part was really beautiful—a real sense of being co-laborers and collaborators in the kingdom of God, and God being about the same thing all around the world. It was very powerful.
0: Yeah. Oh, that I can't. That I can imagine that being really powerful. I know, um, recently in the, um, in the community discussion that happens on Sunday mornings, um, someone was sharing that, you know, she feels so different because she's from another country. And, um, and she said, but, but when I come to covenant and we worship together, I feel at home even though it's so different from anything i find in my country because we're all worshiping the same god and we're all um praising the same god and Jesus, i just yeah yeah i just yes. i just thought i just thought that was that yeah. was really moving to me as someone who has never traveled out of the country um to to see that Even though I don't have that cross-cultural experience myself, to hear it is true in the U.S. as much as I've heard it true in Romania, in Myanmar, in Africa, um, that that believers who come here feel the same way.
1: Yeah. And, Michelle, I think one of the things that's so significant about that is... I think we can be tempted to say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You keep saying Jesus is the only thing we have in common. But shouldn't we also really have in common our political thinking and kind of mm. educational background and maybe, you know, the the kinds of houses we live in, the way we dress or uh, choices related tattoos and piercings and hair color or, you know, all that kind of on and on goes the list of these other things that um, – for better or worse reasons, we may think also come along with a Christian commitment. And, and I think when you travel overseas, it's like, I I'm thinking of sitting at the table with this family in, I don't even know what country I was in Italy, but they're speaking Romanian because they're transplants from Romania. Mm. And then I'm in the room trying to speak English with people who are speaking Romanian. And it's like, okay, I have, Zero in common with you, I've never seen you before in my life. I'm not likely to ever see you again uh we We dress differently we our houses look different, our clothes are different our 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 food is different, and there is this incredible intimacy that we share in christ mm. this this fondness for each other this um delight in the community that we experience together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worshipping together the same lord it yeah i think I think we could remember more of that here that he really is the one thing that knits us together. And he really is the one thing we have to offer.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He and really is.
1: So much grace to each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just one other thing that you said on Sunday morning that really um, stood out to me. Um, and I th- we've kind of talked about this a little bit. But I just want to say it again, One thing you said is that there we have this temptation to see the church as a fortified castle and that we need to protect ourselves from the world um, when really Jesus is calling us to wade out into the world in an open and vulnerable way and kind of expose ourselves to the arrows and the and the um, the weapons of the enemy
1: yes um <laughs> yeah there's yes and there's 45 minutes of things i'm thinking about that are connected to that uh, it was um that moment of walking across with Stephen to the space and having this man just sidle up next to us as we were walking and Stephen suddenly kind of noticed he was walking with us and he turned around and he said have we, have we um have we met uh no but i've i've seen you and uh and can I help you? Well, I, uh, are you going to the space? Oh, have you heard of the space? Yeah. people are talking about it. And I, I just have gotten curious and I wondered about going there and I kind of waited for you cause I knew you walked by here. And so I just thought, could I go with you? It's like, great. We're doing this outreach thing. Would you want to come be part of it? And he comes. And as we're walking, he's telling us he's a tour guide in the country, but we find out a little bit later that he's also a Muslim. Uh, but, is feeling some discontentment in his, uh, mm. in, in Islam. And, it's, um, it's not feeling like it's, uh, really satisfying his sense of purpose. And is there something more? And, uh, you know, th- um, if Stephen and Paige had just kind of locked themselves inside some safe walls and done the missionary compound approach. Uh, mm-hmm. well, wait, you come to us, uh, or we're here to service those who are also Presbyterians or whatever, you know, it, they they,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they found just as uh Brian and Candace did in Krakow Poland, they they picked the most strategic place in the center of the city where there's the most conversation and the most life and said, We're just prayerfully, we're gonna just create a safe space here and invite the world to come to it. And we're gonna go mm-hmm. there in vulnerability, really pretty clueless about what we're doing and just making our lives and our time available to God. And just start loving the people God brings to us, and loving them towards jesus and um it's amazing how people have responded to that exactly what you just said humility, mm. vulnerability, intentionality, availability
0: and faithfulness, right,
1: yeah. Yes, and faithfulness. That's exactly right. So you know we, we're, we're described as the body of Christ. You know that there is a fresh incarnation that happens every time I walk out the front door. I am clothed afresh in the humanity that I have in common with the world around me, and I go like Jesus, stripped of of any power or privilege, and I go just as one sent to love, to embody the love of God for the people into whose lives God brings me that mm. day. Um, mm yeah there's just no magic there's no method there's no, that's that's like the magic thing that suddenly brings about results. It's just life on life uh love that um, that risks yeah. and uh, is patient. It's one of the things I was mm. reminded of over and over just the I just talked to somebody who's part of our congregation who has been praying for 20 years for connections with their neighbors and all of a sudden right now has just started. Uh, with four young moms, a Bible study, uh, or, or uh, reading a um, uh, Paul Tripp's book on parenting. And, uh, oh. and the joy on her face, it's like, and that's that just steady, tenacious, persistent, kind of just like Stephen modeled with the police. Right. Um, uh, a steady pressing on um, in vulnerability and humility. So, yeah. Yeah. Evidence of that, you know, I, um, I think I shared this example, but Eonel a Romanian pastor from another area in Romania where there's a lot of spiritual vibrancy coming to this place of just spiritual kind of darkness and closeness.
0: Mm. And
1: for 20 years now, just slowly loving the people God puts around them, building trust, getting to know the the government leaders um, getting to know the teachers in the community and business leaders and slowly making forays. He bought a telescope so he could have an astronomy day in the square just to to help people appreciate creation and start conversation. You know, um, he's been there 20 years and after 20 years, there are four or five families that have come to Christ and are now part of his tiny little fledgling church. Um, hmm. You know, that picture of the patience that love requires. Um, we can't do that. I target you, you're not responding. So I go on to the next person, but just right. loving tenacity.
0: Yes. Yes. Because sometimes God works in immediate ways, and sometimes it takes years and years and years and years of faithful service. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, David, for sharing some more of your stories from. Thank your you, trip. Michelle.
1: Yeah, it's a joy to be able
0: to share them, and um, thank you. Yeah, and thank you to our audience. Whether you've joined us uh, live on Facebook or later on our podcast or on our blog, we're grateful for the few moments you spent with us um, today. And as we go, may God be glorified as we love Jesus, love his people, and pour out his love on the world.
1: Amen. Amen. Just a reminder, Amen. and I know you're going to want to uh, highlight this, this Sunday, we're having a single service at 1030 and a celebration yes. of all of the uh, really significant building improvement work that we've been able to uh, partner in doing together. And and I love how that's one more step for us as a church of kind of creating our space, our haven, um, where uh, that can be a safe and meeting place where we get to meet the world in love and
0: that's right. right. Yep. Thank you for mentioning right. that. Grace, you all. Yep. Right. Joy to be Thanks. with you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.